This is Financial Detox, helping you retire with confidence. Featuring Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of IDA Wealth, intelligence-driven advisors. For over 20 years, Jason has shown people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. Join Jason and co-host Alex Klingensmith as they simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies designed to take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. This is Financial Detox. Hello, it's Financial Detox, and I'm Jason Labram, your host in studio with Alex Klingensmith. And today we are having a show of the sad realization of the state of our country, given that the best uh, the free world can find is two potential leaders, is Trump and Biden. Oh my gosh, Alex, what do you say? Holy cow. This well, every, every week I think we work with our team, we work with some clients even, and we come up with what we think is going to be interesting interesting content to talk about right, right. on the show. How do you Financial, not talk about this, you, you can't. this I mean, disaster of a debate? I do love, though, I really appreciate this about our team. As I walked around the office earlier this morning and I asked people, okay, what should we talk about? What do you think? I did the same thing yesterday. And they all gave me some good ideas. You know, let's talk about householding and, and you know, how we do some yeah. investment. You know. <laughs> let's talk about the school reopening plans in the local area. Let's talk about these things. No one said, you know, what everyone's been talk- thinking about, which is the debate right, and the election. Right. I was but, really looking forward to the debate. I mean, I, I was looking forward to watching. Like it. Popcorn I thought, and the whole deal. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, get the movie, cocktail, <laughs> debate party, have everybody over, you know, check it out. But um, then uh, we didn't have the party. But about three minutes in, I went, "Oh, this is not good. This yeah. is not going to be good." And then about six minutes in, I said, "Oh dear Lord, please save us all." And then about <laughs> nine minutes in, I literally said, "We got to pray as a family." And about 15 minutes in, I was crying. And about oh, 25 no. minutes in, I just had to turn it off. I don't know. How, so you, how, Dax and Luke, how old are they now? Nine and 11. How, what is it like for them? Do they share how they, you know, their perspective on that whole experience yesterday? It's a good question. They do. Uh, kids are such memes, right? They are, is memes the right word? They copy their parents. Okay. So they are a representation of, I think, almost always their parents. Like, you know, politics is so become, you know, I think, I don't, I wish I could speak intelligently about this concept because I don't know the data where it came from, but I know it's there. Um, it was our founding fathers. Um, somewhere, somehow deep in our history, it talked about when politics become entertainment, when they become the spectacle, it's not good mm-hmm. for any society. And they clearly have, right? And it's because uh, absolutely put some of the blame on Trump. I mean, the, the guy, if you love his politics or you love him or you hate him or hate his politics, I mean, he's, I mean, the combativeness and just the arguing and the com- complete immaturity is just mind-boggling. What was displayed last night was mind-boggling. And, and it's created polarization, right? And, and like we talked about the social dilemma yeah. and how the social dilemma in media is feeding cognitive bias and confirmation bias. It's giving people what they want to see. It's giving people what the algorithms tell them they will search and they will click on and more clickbait. Mm-hmm. And the whole clickbait is driven by sensationalism and extremism. You can't get clicks if you put something that's just moderate down the middle and just the good old-fashioned truth. It doesn't work. doesn't make money. doesn't make money. So it is sad, and I guess that could be an argument against you know, capitalism or greed or money. Like, I think capitalism is a beautiful thing. It spreads the opportunity for prosperity and a standard of living for all people. 
But taken to the extreme, it can be very bad. Right, without regulation, without some boundaries. Some boundaries. It could be very bad. I've right? watched, so gosh, 9 and 11. I remember, so I've known you for eight years now. I remember that then they were like one and three when I first met Dax and Luke. Yeah. And here's something where every parent and grandparent, I think, um, can really maybe feel this pretty deeply. I didn't watch the debate last night. Right. Um, because yeah. I was coaching soccer until about seven. Thank goodness you're a and smarter then, person well, because of it. It just it was the way that it worked <laughs> out. I mean, we coached, I, we played soccer, had soccer practice until about seven, came home, ate <laughs> dinner, and then there was like maybe 15 minutes left. We did turned it on and my 10 year old Avery would look, looked at it and she's like why are they yelling what is what is this and I'm like well this is the debate we had to explain what it was so we, we didn't go into yeah. it I didn't I don't know I'm not that political but so when your boys I remember you I've seen you um, through the years uh, and it means a lot to you to be a father who you know uh, you want your boys to be respectful you want them to know how to communicate with adults yep. communicate with respect um, all these values, right? So it's got to be really frustrating and sad almost to see who's going to be our leader. One of those two guys is going to be our leader for the next four years, right? Right. Um, and neither one of them seemed to be able to like make us make me proud. You no. know, in the, th- in the few minutes I did see, I was like, I'm not proud of either one of you those can't people. Be. You can't be. If you're proud of those grown adult, 74 year old men, something's probably wrong with you. I mean, something's wrong with you if you're proud of either of them, okay? Look, I'm conservative. For last night. Generally speaking, yeah. I'm conservative. I really believe in values, and I believe and I believe people should be able to come to our country uh, legally. I believe that, you know, I believe in a lot of conservative things, but I also still think that the polarization um, of politics has made it where you have to take a side when, in fact, 70% of the people would all be together in the middle with generally the same beliefs. We want good, strong education. Yeah. We want equal opportunities regardless of your race or where you live. Inner city kids should have laptops and iPads just like kids in suburbia schools. You know, the police should not have any brutality against black people um, or any other race. And But also, people need to be responsible for their actions. And if you're committing crimes and you're on drugs and you're evading police and you're evading... You, you probably should have a consequence. Not yeah. probably. You should. That's the law. There's a consequence for breaking the law, evading police, fighting police. There's a consequence for that. Destroying things. Destroying. Yeah, I mean, so, but but again, we need to do more for people in inner cities and create more opportunities, I think. I think opportunity zones was one example of that. Small, but, yeah. but interesting. Yeah. And it, it's sad, though. I've seen myself because of... Um, no, no, it's my fault, but I've seen myself be more aggressive and more combative in situations that I otherwise would not have been. And I think it's because of just the environment around. Well, and yesterday really was a, a yeah. awe-inspiring moment. That end of that, or that part of that debate when I turned it off at 25 minutes was just like, I have to, I have to go inward and really, I think we all need to go inward yeah. and say, who are we as a person? Like, and then take that outward and be respectful to other people and listen and be kind and, and understand that most of the information we're receiving is probably not fact. Most of the information we're receiving, whether you're a hardcore Republican or a hardcore Democrat, most of the information you are getting is, is spun. There is spin. It is twisted. It is a single point of view. It is not rooted in reality. That, in fact, that brings me back to, I mean, remembering the social dilemma show we did a few weeks ago where yeah. the one guy, I forget who it is now, but but he made a very good point to the, towards the end of that, that movie was we have to first be able to all agree on what is truth. 
Right. Because the media, I think the media is 99.999% opinion. By yes. definition, though, it is designed that way. Didn't I, it, but it wasn't, originally it wasn't that. I mean, so journalism's, journalism, journalists are supposed to, journal, journalists are supposed to report the facts. The, the news. I don't know if they, well, they say the facts, right? Or the, 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 they're supposed to report what happened. Right. Let you make your decision about that. Yeah. But they don't, you're right. I agree. It's 99% fun. of it is complete opinion based. I think there needs to be a warning. Just like there's a warning on a cigarette package or an alcohol bottle, it needs to say, warning. The information being consumed here is not factual. It could harm your brain. It could make you think things are true that aren't true. Who? So this is maybe this is a good show to just ask a bunch of questions we don't know the answers to. But I know how our our industry is regulated, and part of this show we want to talk about the differences between how we're regulated yeah. versus some of the other other firms in, sure. in our industry. How is the media regulated? Do we do you know how are they regulated in the sense that the information you're giving out has consequence? Yeah, MSNBC. Fox News, NBC. I mean, these are all political propaganda machines now on both sides. Like vetted um, sources, I think, are one. Like no libel, no defamation. But like what's a vetted source considered? Does it just mean that there's somebody who says something and that's truth then? Or no, it can't be. It's, if, the, if it has anything to do with opinion. Is it an agency that's the source and that makes it true? But is the agency then, I mean, the end all be all for what's fact and truth? I don't I don't know. You know. Somehow we're going to tie this into Financial Detox. And we are yeah. the Financial Detox team and Intelligence Driven Advisors. Thank you for tuning in to Financial Detox as we try and unbundle and uncouple the disaster, the absolute train wreck yard sale disaster that happened last night as a so-called debate patheticness. I think we as individuals have to start taking this into our own hands by being more loving, more kind, more accepting, less interrupting, and and start coming together as a society because this is just pathetic. Anyway, it's Financial Detox. We're going to come at you with some good stuff here too and tie this into your investment portfolio. You can reach us at 877-707-8889. That's 877-707-8889. Check us out at Financial Detox. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labram with Alex Klingensmith, and we are talking about debate blunders, investment blunders, and just the all-out yard sell that you happened. You hated it, huh? <laughs> Tell us how the, you really The all-out yard sell that happened last night. Uh, like I said, man, I was excited to see it. I thought that there might be some good sides. I was actually rooting for both of them to do well and represent goodness, right? And represent intelligence. And or, I, I don't think any any of either of them represented Or at least any. give us an idea as to what leadership is supposed to look like, especially during one of the most stressful years of, of all of yeah. our lives. I mean, de- isn't the point of a debate for one side to say, okay, here's... I, I, it was funny. I was talking to one of our team yesterday or the day before. I'm like, what you talk about on the show? And then I, I put, I Googled, what's the agenda for the debate? And there were like five bullet points of really good things I would love to hear them talk about. Right. Like COVID, you know, how we can handle it for, going right. forward. Like, you know, the healthcare, like taxes, like the things that, that matter right. for a president to focus on. Right. I don't think any of those things really got... No, it didn't come about. out because, number one, Trump could not stop interrupting. And then he would argue Chris Wallace, who was just the absolute worst debate moderator I've ever seen on my in the planet. I mean, the guy was just a yard sale. He actually started debating most of the time. He was in the debate against Trump, too, which is interesting because <laughs> it's Fox News, right? But it, Chris Wallace is probably he the was most debating liberal guy Trump? on Fox. Oh, full on arguing Trump. Oh, I mean, boy. And his whole, I mean, Chris Wallace was on the attack. I mean, it was just bizarre. Oh, boy. Just horrible. Chris Wallace, you did a terrible job. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> uh, and so should you, Trump and Biden. Just shameful. Let's anyway. tie this into our world a little bit somehow. Yeah. What do you think? It, I, you know, I, I know oh, regulation. 
So right. the regulation okay. of the media, we don't know. We know how we're regulated, and why is it important to be regulated, and why is it important to the to the end consumer, to the client, to the investor, right? Right. Like we are we are regulated by the SEC. We are, right? So the investment advice we provide to people has to be in their best interest, legally inbound to do what is in the client's best interest. What does that mean? That means that if there's investment A and B and they're both uh, close, but one pays me a much bigger commission uh, or pays me a commission. If I was a broker, we're not. Then you know I have to do what's right for the client versus the world of suitability, where even in our industry, it, you know it's it's a convoluted mess. Well, people don't know what they're getting in our was, industry. It was right before Trump, right? Obama. It was in Obama, the Obama era, era when he was trying to push through through the Department of Labor, the fiduciary. Right, law, and, and it, rule, was, right? it was and it got just it was it was just jam-packed full of exceptions and nonsense and basically was just making a great scapegoat for all the big Wall Street firms yeah. to then somehow call themselves full-time, all-the-time fiduciaries, which they're not. And it was through the wrong agency, right? right? The it was Department all, of Labor. Yeah. It should have come down to the SEC. Yeah. And so that got squashed. I At least what was nice about that is it put some attention on it. Right. But then the attention made it even more confusing. Like even explaining it to people nowadays is hard. You're like, well, what's a fiduciary? You well, mean, what's your fiduciary it, well, it's hard. earlier? The gardener? Well, yeah, it's hard because I was, <laughs> I was having breakfast with somebody this morning, a smart guy um, in our business, and he... So it's like a plumbing company. He said, we, you know, we do your plumbing. We are fiduciary plumbers or something. It's like... Whoa, that, that con- that's taken out of context, right? I mean, fiduciary is a lawyer, is somebody who's legally bound to act in your best interest under the duty of loyalty and the duty of care, where there's potential massive conflicts of interest. Like in providing financial advice to somebody for compensation, there is potential massive conflicts of interest, uh, uh, particularly if you work with a, uh, an advisor who's with a broker-dealer. Uh, and that's where that firm can be receiving compensation to put products on their platform that then their advisors get to choose from those products and go try and sell you something. Yeah. But the firm oftentimes is the one who's getting paid much more for certain products. It's not even the advisor. Sometimes it's the advisor too. Mm-hmm. But it's a mess. Whereas in the filtered, transparent world that we live in as a RIA, Registered Investment Advisory Firm, now, we don't have that option. We don't get paid by products in any way, shape, or form. We get paid by our clients. And, and only our clients. clients. I think it's important, too, that like we're not trying to make With people skeptics. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, which we disclose. But yeah. I don't think we're trying to be skeptical and conspiracy theorists in this. I think... Um, I think People, generally speaking, if you're an adult who pays taxes, you know, you've, you've gotten to the point, you have you've got education, you've got a job, you pay taxes, you go to a doctor, you know, you have teachers for your kids, you kind of, you understand more or less how those people get compensated. Right. Right. And if you don't, you, you probably try to figure it out so you understand, like, what is, what is the source of this coming from? My educator, my doctor, my nurse. Right. People should understand that about us, too. They should I think. totally understand because... Not to be skeptical of it, but to understand no, but, it and be like, what motivates us? You well, know, how does we, it work? We've said this a bunch before on the show, Alex, where the question to ask is, sure, how much does it cost me? That's an important question. But just as or more important is, how are you paid? Where, what are you going to get paid? If you're asking an advisor, or most of the time they're brokers or they're insurance agents masquerading as financial advisors, but... You have to ask them, how are you getting paid? How much are you getting paid on this product and then this product and this product? Is it pay different? How much is it? Why, you know, how long does it last? Is it all up front? Is it over time? No, tell me the amount. Don't just accept from a broker or insurance person or somebody masquerading as a finance. Don't just accept it. Oh, you don't have to pay. Don't worry. The insurance company pays me or I get paid from the product. 
ask them how much. Right. How much do you get paid from that product? Because then you'll start to understand the true conflict of interest or product bias. And what you're looking for as an investor is you're looking for alignment of interests, right? Just like the media. So then you think about back to the media again, like what is the media getting paid? So I'd rather gripe about that. Well, I I think, (laughs) I think people want to hear about our, I I honestly do is for the very few people that might listen to this, maybe there's a bunch, I don't know. At least 12 listeners. I I think, I think it's important that we've stayed a position on this. I mean, it's pretty clear to me that the media does not get paid to report the truth or any version of the truth. They get paid to get more media. So it's such a great correlation that you've said. We're at our our time for this this short, we got to take a quick break. We'll come right back. But this is perfect. It's it's the conflict of interest that exists in all of social media, in the media, and in the financial world, and how it's exactly the same. And it's a conflict of interest that is present in our society that you, we as people, me, you, everybody listening, you, we have to be smarter. You had a quote, Alex. Let's talk about it. Well, we're talking were... about this conflict of interest, right? We're talking yes. about the, the, the ever-present, ever-growing, bifurcating, extreme conflict of interest that exists not only in the financial world, a.k.a. financial detox, but now in media and in social media and in life. And, and we are becoming indoctrinated as a society to have these staunch beliefs that are oftentimes rooted out of information that's been fed to us through a completely in, untransparent, conflicted, biased way. We're, we're intelligent people. And if you stop and think a minute about how you feel about something and the values that you have you know, been taught by your parents or your grandparents or your friends or your communities, um, we can make good decisions with common sense better than we can oftentimes with things that are being forced fed upon us, right? right. There's a famous quote that I, um, I don't know how it came up this week, but I, I, I just remembered it and then I Google, I had to research it and, and it's, so this is a quote, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Oh, and so we, that's great. Serenity, courage, and wisdom are the three values in that quote that, that stand out. And it's this called the serenity prayer and it was written by an American theologian. I can't pronounce his name. I won't even try Reinhold something, but, um, I think it's one of those quotes where like right now it's like. I've been saying this to clients and, and family members because everyone – it does polarize people and excites them and makes them passionate because they want to share information and they want right. to like agree or disagree. It's kind of like human nature to like, okay, I want to come I want to come together on you or I want to yeah, fight with you. Take a position, right? Yeah, take a position. But like – I mean there's some things we can't control. We can control how we communicate with people though. Right. The media is feeding us information. Every media, Fox – MSNBC, NBC, everywhere you're getting information. But this information is not designed to help you become a better person. Not by nature, no. This information is not designed to help you know the truth. This information is designed to evoke invoke emotion, whether it's anger, whether it's uh, happiness, whether it's you know the desire to fight, fight or flight. This is what the information, because they are incentivized to get you to pay attention and get emotional because when you're emotional and you're angry or you're happy or you're, you're going to watch more of that. Consume more. And when you consume more, they get to sell their ads for more money. So how do we fix it? What do we have? What, what courage to change the things that we can, Jason? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think you change your behavior. So for me, my behavior is, and it's already been on a trend this way, is to just consume less information that isn't rooted in fact. So, and, and by that meaning, like if I want to, if I see something really, and I and it drives emotion, find out if that's actually true, yeah. right? Um, basically, stay off all conventional media because. The average American watches 4.7 hours of TV a day. 
A day? A day. That's the average American right now. I could be slightly off, but I think I'm pretty darn close. Oh. It might be 4.9, might be 4.5, it might be 5 now. But it's 4.7 hours is the last number I saw of TV a day. Of that, they're just being fed information that yeah. then you see it enough and you hear it enough, you start to believe it's true when it actually is designed by its very nature to not be true and to invoke emotion. It's, it's, it's designed to be sensationalized. It's like when we talk about CNBC, or the, and I'm not digging on CNBC. I'd love to be on CNBC. You can invite me anytime. But um, I'll, I'll present a different point of view. I mean, CNBC, you get somebody who's buy, 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 the market's going to go up. You get the next guy on Sell, sell, sell. The market's going to go down. I mean, they, they intentionally create this polarization so that then you're stuck. You, you feel like you've got to turn that back on. They know, algorithms know, and the people who are studying the marketing and this know what's going to keep your attention yeah. and get you to tune back in and tune back in. So I think we have to fight that. I think that's what we have to do is fight and recognize who's vying for my attention and do they have my best interests in mind? Do they have, are they going to help me do better at my job, be a better dad? be a better Christian? Are they going to help me live a better life? And if they're not, you got to tune them out. Right. You have to tune them off. You have to turn it off and spend your time and energy. So I think reading uh, good material that's rooted in facts, you know, it's not sensationalized, good stories, good books. History is great. Understanding history and who did what and why and, you know, learn from our mistakes because we've made radical mistakes and mm -hmm. slavery was a radical mistake in our history and it's nasty and it's ugly and the thought of it's just disgusting. Um, and, you know, it still happens all over the world in lots of countries. It's happening in different ways, but it's it was ugly and the fact that it was here is sad. But um, so I think learning from that history and just making ourselves better is how we have to go forward. It's like in your investments, right? And you have to learn from mistakes you've made in the past. We know lots of people who have come to us because they felt they sold in 2008 at the bottom. The market rebounded. And by 2012 or 13 or 14 or 15, they finally got the courage to go, wow, I really made a mistake. And it's time to get reinvested. But, I mean, I think it's in everything. I think it's investing. I think it's in religion. I think it's in schools. I think it's radically overwhelming us in politics. I think we all need to just ignore politics. Like, why do we have career politicians? Then they get bought by special interest groups. That's terrible. But if everybody could only serve for eight years, Congress, Senate, you had an eight-year term. And when you're established and you've had some success or you're a great speaker or you're a great motivator or community organizer or whatever, and you want to go into politics, you go in for your eight years and you make a difference, you're probably not going to get bought out by special interests for that eight-year period, right? You're only in there for eight years. But it's the people who are in there their whole life. It's just horrible. <laughs> the sports teams kind of have that one dial probably. Right. Yeah. I mean, so give them eight years, right, and, and turn and burn. And the second thing is why do we even have political parties? Right. There should not be political parties. We should not co we should not coagulate with a group, a group identity group think we should coagulate and, and gather around great, great ideas and truth. Right. Yeah. Let's gather around truth. I don't know. I think that solves it. And when it comes to investing, you have to do the same thing. You have to find truth because there is so much information out there today that people used to go to brokers back in the old day. I'm using air quotes to find information. Now there's so much information and so much mis and disinformation, bad information out there that can truly hurt you and your investment decisions, can hurt your financial plan, can hurt your life um, financially. And you have to seek the truth. And the best place to start, I believe, is with a fiduciary advisor, an RIA, Registered right. Investment Advisory Firm, like the Financial Detox Team and Intelligence Driven Advisors. So that's why we're here. We'd love to help you. You can reach out to us at 877-707-8889. Check us out at financialdetox.com. And um, we'll pick it up on next week's show. But I guess I guess we got to wrap it up, huh? Yeah, until next time. Okay. Thanks for listening. It's Financial Detox. We'll check you next time. 
To learn more about Financial Detox and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources, visit financialdetox.com. Call Jason and the team at Intelligence Driven Advisors. If you're ready for financial detox and a better tomorrow, call 877-707-8889. Get answers to your questions. That's 877-707-8889. That's financialdetox.com for podcasts and information. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way, you'll be notified about upcoming podcasts. You'll take one more step toward financial peace of mind. This content is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labram and intelligence-driven advisors are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this program and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labram and his guests as of the date of the show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on assumptions and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on information provided today in making any investment decisions. There is a risk of loss of investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for particular investors, financial situation, or risk tolerance. Asset allocation portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses.